Good morning. Welcome to the Mr. Owen Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Montrum. It's Friday, October 25th, the morning after the Redskins 19-9 loss to Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. Joining me to talk about that and maybe the World Series is the 18th or 19th best Redskins podcaster in the D.C. metro area, Matt Terrell. Hey, Matt. Hey, Jamie. I still think you guys are being too charitable about this. I think I'm like maybe top 40, maybe. I, I don't know. I mean, there, I know of at least three or four Redskins podcasts that I listen to that have multiple people involved. So that right there puts us into the teens. But then there's like a whole probably like 20 podcasts that I have no idea about. And I can't properly uh, gauge the effectiveness of those hosts. Well, that's exactly how what I figured is that I can probably think of like 15 people and there's no way that I'm the next one up. So whatever. doesn't matter. Uh, it's a, yeah, I'm sorry for everybody who's listening to me right now. Sorry, everybody. Well, two Mr. Relevant pods in one week. Lots of free content for the people. Um, <laughs> what do you got coming out of last night? Could that game have been more like disappointing? Yeah, I mean, I could have had any expectations whatsoever. Well, I had expectations. I thought the Vikings were going to come in and going to score like 70. I thought it was going to be like a humiliation. I, I like I expected at least something exciting. And instead, it was, you know, the Redskins lost and didn't do well. And it wasn't fun to watch. But the Vikings also kind of didn't do anything too exciting either. It was just, just a boring football game. It was a terribly uninteresting game. There was not one single moment where I thought the Redskins might win. I, I think, I guess my, as the first half was unfolding, I, I was thinking to myself, like, huh, this is competitive. Yeah, I was too, except that it kept feeling competitive in that way where it felt like the Vikings were, would be driving and looked like they could do whatever they wanted and then something fluky would happen, whereas the Redskins just couldn't actually make anything happen in any crucial situation whatsoever. So I assumed the wheels were going to come off worse after halftime than they did, which is really saying something, because once Dwayne Haskins came in in the second half, the Redskins could do literally nothing. And yeah, Haskins went in, and everybody wants Haskins to play, but not this way. Again, going in on the road in the middle of a game while you're losing with basically no preparation uh that's that's not ideal that's not the way to do it no i mean you would think it's the worst case scenario right like they say they keep saying he's not ready or whatever it is they're saying and yet they make him the backup which seems i mean isn't the usual move with a backup to have somebody who is very ready and very experienced and maybe less talented like for example case keenum or Cole McCoy. Yeah, we've got lots of those guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, there's there's dozens of them. Alex Smith, for that matter, knocking around. Um, it, it doesn't make sense. Either he should be starting, or frankly, he should be inactive. And I'm I'm firmly of the opinion that he should be starting. But watching last night made it really clear that this is easily the dumbest of all options. Yeah, I mean, he comes in in a game where he's losing on the road, short week, didn't get any reps with the starters, and you know what? I mean, he didn't look good. I don't know what you expect. I think he only threw five passes. How did, how did he only throw five passes in a, in a full half in a game in which we're losing? I don't really understand this team. Well, I mean, he, he did throw one interception, which shortened up a drive uh, and the, where he could have thrown more passes. And the Vikings did run on, I think, 15 or 17 or whatever. It seemed like endless consecutive plays to sort of run out the game. So... Uh, 
that that helps keep his numbers down also well i have i have a reason for that question uh because i did actually watch this game um but i before we get to that i want to say that he should be the starter like absolutely he should totally be the starter next week i don't understand what the reason would be for not making him the starter at this point versus just yo-yoing him in and out as the backup and then the emergency quarterback whenever Keenum gets hurt again. Agreed. I, especially if he's not good. If Because if he's not good, which seems to, I guess, be the concern, you want to know that. So you know if you need to draft another quarterback next year and Josh Rosen him. I mean, it, exactly. There's, there's nothing to be gained by not playing him. I mean, it looks like it looks like the Redskins may have a high pick this year. You think? How are you, how are you coming up with that? Yeah, well, I mean, they they, they played eight games. They're one and seven now. Mm-hmm. So, season into today, they have what, like the second or third pick? I don't know. I'd have to look to see specifically. Yeah. With yeah, so so presumably there's going to be a a very high. Uh, you know, quarterback prospect there for the taking when they're drafting in April. I yeah, like I mean, seriously, it makes no sense. It's I, 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 I don't know. I was excited for a minute when Haskins came in, which was exciting or which was interesting to me because it made me realize just how not excited I am for the average portion of the Redskins games right now. And I, I, I say that like I'm not trying to be funny and I'm not trying to be dramatic and I'm not trying to be like grumpy. It's just. I don't care. There's nothing about this team right now. They're not going anywhere. They're not doing anything. They're not fun to watch. There's just nothing. There's nothing. Well, to that to that point, uh, like I said, I did actually watch this game because it was on nationally and Thursday night and nothing else going on. Uh, no Nats World Series game. So, yeah, I actually watched this game for a change. Uh, and he came came in after the half. It was a big surprise, I think, to everyone. Like, I didn't even know that Keenum was hurt. Maybe I just wasn't watching closely enough. But he comes in to start the second half. And I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting to get to see him play. And I just didn't really care. No, And it wasn't just me. Like, I didn't get one text from a friend. Like, it just... I feel like there's such a malaise over everything that even when like the most interesting thing that could possibly occur with the Red yeah occurs, part of that is definitely because matter. of the Nats game. I mean, this the, it seemed for a minute like the Redskins were lucky that the game fell into the the off day, the travel day between World Series games. But as it turned out, mm-hmm. you can only maintain a certain level of like frenetic enthusiasm for so long, and we're gonna need to maintain it again for at least. Two more days, maybe, maybe more than that, um, probably more than that. So uh, there was a very real sense to me of people just kind of being like, oh, whatever, you know, there's nothing else on. We might as well watch this, but it, it, we're not putting any emotional investment into it. I mean, did... well, on, on the one level, the Nats run kind of obscures the Redskins failure and, and kind of hides it a little bit. But I think what's happening and this happened with, A year and a half. It's, I think I've I've lost some sort of. I I don't know. It's not that I'm lost. I clearly am still care on some level, but 
the Man, team is diminished. Everything so, about it is so diminished. diminished. It really, it just doesn't seem like a big thing anymore. Right. Yeah, agreed. It, it's it's. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. In, in, I don't even know what. Like I fell asleep in the second half. The game was still in reach. I think it was like a ten point game or maybe even less when I dozed off. Haskins was playing, and like I still just didn't. I just didn't care. I don't know. It just struck me that look. This is the first season, not just that the Redskins are one and seven, but the first season where I haven't had regular access to them. I didn't renew the Sunday oh, ticket. Boy. They're awful. I, I don't know. It's just personally. Yeah, I feel it's like really. I'm checked out. It's really impressive oh, how thoroughly they've undermined every element of this team. Um, you know, it used to be that that it's so hard to say because it used to be that that even when the team was going to be bad, you got fired up because it was the Redskins. You know, you you want to see what they would do, and I, I wonder how much of it is us getting older, and how much of it is that they've so thoroughly just gutted anything respectable about the organization. Um, and how much it's a combination of those. And then there's no young enthusiastic fan base to replace us because the team has been awful for 20 years. So like, why would like my kids who love watching the nationals, who really liked watching the caps run, who even, as I've said, yeah. watched the mystics uh, playoffs and championship run, they, they couldn't care less about the Redskins. Yeah. Well, I've always thought like they've lost a generation or two because they've been awful for a generation or two. But I always felt like our generation, which is like the glory days generation that experienced but that's where, three Super Bowl wins. Well, that's like, where that the Nets forever. and the Cavs, you know, like, especially the they've Nets. Got that, they've got us on I think it reminded people either. what it feels like to actually get excited and to actually care and, oh, yeah, to actually be rooting for a team that is – you know, doing things to help itself win and also doesn't seem cursed uh, down to the very marrow of the organization. So, like, uh, it's, I think that that, having that perspective, because here's what I, here's, I'm sorry, I'm working this one out on the fly, so it's even more stammery than usual. But, like, here's what I think is, I think some of us were like, well, I'm not as excited about the Redskins as I used to be, but I'm older now. I've got other things going on. I've got other stuff. I just don't feel that way about sports anymore was sort of the the underlying suspicion. And then the Nats go and do this and you're like, nope, wait, I still totally feel this way about my local sports teams. And it's just the Redskins. It really reframes it and puts perspective on it. And yeah, we talked about this a little bit in the last podcast about how maybe we're a different type of fan. Now we've aged out of caring way too much. And I, you know, I, I talked to my wife about that. And she said, yeah, like back when we were younger, you'd be freaking out if like we were going to miss kickoff or, or whatever. You know, I'd be like speeding, trying to get to wherever we were going just so I wouldn't miss like a single play. And now I'm, you know, I'm not like that anymore. But then the World Series game one happened the other night and I couldn't get the kids to bed in time before first pitch. And I was right back to acting like the same maniacal fan. Uh, and I realized it's not that I've changed. It's just that maybe the Redskins have changed. Yeah, so what's really unsettling is the continued realization that that the problem is Dan Snyder, and (laughs) that's not going away. Um, 
I don't know. It's 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 very strange. It's just like I I guess at the current rate, at the current trend, in what three years, five years, I'm not even going to care at all. I'm not even going to be trying to watch. They'll just be a team that I used to like. What I mean, we asked this repeatedly over the course of this season to date. It would be like, what would make you care? And I guess the only thing that would make me care and I don't even know that I care all that much is just, you know, start Haskins. Well, so for this season, yeah, the only thing is start Haskins. Let's see what we've got because by extension, by starting Haskins, you're committing to looking toward the future and, and they have to do that. Now they, they seem to believe that what they should do is sell the idea that they're close, sell the idea that they could win. Um, And and I don't even think that's what most fans want to hear at this point. I I think most fans would like to hear the idea of a plan, but longer term than that, I mean, you would think the the only thing that should make us feel better short of Dan selling the team, which is never going to happen in his lifetime and probably not in ours um, is if he gives full control of football operations to someone who is capable of handling it and handling it well. But even if he does that, history dictates that he won't let them keep it for long. It'll just be Marty Schottenheimer or Mike Shanahan all over again. So even that, sure, like I know I'm going to get excited. I don't want to be claiming that like I'm not going to buy into whatever dumb like enthusiasm generator they come up with because I will. I do every year. I do. Um, but somewhere in the back of my head, it's like, I, I don't, and, and somebody needs to sit down with Snyder and say that to him and explain that to him and, and get them to understand that it's not just because I can tell you from experience that they used to be really proud of how Snyder no longer appeared to be interfering and, and and he would stay out of the spotlight. And like, that's why he doesn't speak to the media during the year is because he thinks that will be perceived as meddling, which he learned early on. People don't like, Uh, but we've reached the point where people want to hear him speak because they want to know there's a plan and they want to believe that I've kind of reached the point with Bruce Allen, where I sort of wish that Daniel Snyder would meddle. Like there was a Bruce Allen quote yesterday where he's like about the head coaching search where he's like, I've heard from every single agent. I've heard from every single coach or whatever. And I'm like, ah, he's, first of all, he, he's lying. He's a fucking liar. (laughs) Secondly, he's the one that's taking those calls. It's, it's painful. Well, well, Bruce Allen has this thing that all politicians have to me with very, very few exceptions. And I can say that without risk of alienating anyone, because I, I literally mean almost every politician of any party uh, well, not, anywhere, well, party which is that sure. I just don't believe. Well, no, sure. Not your party and not your your candidate of yeah. choice, obviously, like I, I, aside from that person. But other than that person, every politician and Bruce Allen, I just I don't believe at any point that they have any belief in what they're saying. I I think that everything that is said is just what they think their audience wants to hear, what their constituency will respond to and what will move people to whatever action they need them moved to. I don't think he has any, nothing he said. There's no point where he says something and I'm like, well, that's worth reporting because it's not. In fact, when he did his press conference after they fired Jay Gruden, uh, my city paper editor was like, hey, do you think you can get free to cover the Bruce Allen press conference? And my first answer was like, no, actually, I can't. But my second answer was like, also, why? 
like who wh- why do we dignify anything that man says by reporting it it's all meaningless just the, the press conference is actually and, and, uh, exactly the press conference is damn good what bruce has to say is damn good you know it's funny that we're sitting here on a podcast where really literally nothing we say has any um resonance or impact on anything and it's still, I, I feel, is more interesting to me what you have to say on the topic than anything Bruce is going to say in front of uh, the microphone. I had a moment like that this morning. I was listening to the Burgundy Blog Pod, and I think Ian Rappaport reported that uh, the Redskins, and specifically Snyder and Allen, will not be using a search firm to conduct their head coaching search. And right. Burgundy Blog went on this whole little spiel as if he was like, the, the search firm consultant like inter- interacting with Snyder and Alan, they were giving, giving the search firm their list of <laughs> qualifications. And it was, it was very good. And it was all too real. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was. And it was also uh, surprisingly um, like Burgundy blog. doesn't usually go in for like comedy bits and shtick, uh, but I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was yeah, good. You well done. Do more of that. Uh, I mean, the other thing that struck me last night watching the first Redskins game that I really watched all season was like, who are these guys? <laughs> there was there was a, <laughs> a white tight end. I can't remember. His, it was like Gingus or something. Henches, Henches or something. Yeah. Uh, and uh, like, oh, and, and I had and I had the same have, reaction. Like a white fullback. Like we actually have a fullback. I didn't know those existed in the NFL anymore. Yeah, that that was a big deal. They made a big fuss about uh, signing him. That was like a big, you know, Callahan. Uh, thing. And I don't care. By the way, I'm saying white because I just don't remember his name. I'm trying to be specific about who he who he is. Like these are guys I literally never heard of, and they're like quasi skill position players for my favorite team. Uh, I don't know. It says a lot about me, I guess. Yeah, um, but it also says a lot about them, which is that they are starting players that they picked up off the curb um, in week seven or eight or whatever week it is of the season. Also, I. I think I had heard this, but I don't know. It just sounded different hearing it from like Joe Buck and Troy Aikman is like Quentin Dunbar is one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. Is this, is this Correct. true? <laughs> this is well, so it's true according to the PFF yeah. rankings, but I have to say with every passing year that PFF gets more and more accepted, I become more and more skeptical of their numbers. So take it for what you will, but yeah, at, at a minimum, yes, he's a highly functioning, well-regarded cornerback. That's rad. Yeah, I mean, you got to have somebody. Fabian Morrow right? is not. That's, I'm, I'm just picking that up uh, by his inability to be within the 10 yards of Stephon Diggs. Well, he has the uh, advantage of Josh Norman being the one that everybody really hates these days. Well, so, it's easier to hate um, the $75 million corner than the third round corner or whatever round he was drafted in. Yep, tall poppy gets cut down, man. Uh, you know, you mentioned Burgundy Blogs podcast. Did was I mistaken, or was there no NBC Sports Washington Redskins podcast? I this don't morning? honestly. I was. I just wanted a podcast, and that was the one that came up in my feed first. So I, I don't know. I usually listen to JP and the guys first because it's a little newsier, and I I, I like to hear sort of the official er spin before I hear Brent's like uh, you know. Uh, fan Honestly, spin, I, cranky I mean, spin. I, I really like. Well, I mean, I personally know JP and am friends with JP, but I really like that whole group of guys. Yeah, and I like listening and talk about the Redskins, but I'm starting to get sad for them 
Oh God, yes. <laughs> like they, I had the exact same thought. You know? Like they have to live in that every day, personally and professionally. Uh, it, it can't be a, a good existence right now. It's brutal. I, and I've I've been there. I've um, I, I've I've been in that situation, and it is miserable. It's it's. I genuinely feel bad for those guys. It's the kind of thing where people be like, oh yeah, you know, uh, people have real you know dangerous jobs and, and lunch pail jobs or whatever. But like, it is soul crushing and then you you do something like you get excited about something um you know something theoretically good like when the team when they beat the dolphins and the guys on that podcast were like genuinely fired up about it and i'm listening to it going this is pathetic like you guys need to settle down like but but from their bubble it's the best thing that's happened in their work life in three months well and like yeah they're not digging ditches but like their job is supposed to be fucking awesome you know, like those are the jobs. These are like dream jobs. And then when they're not, it's just that much harder, I think, to deal with. Well, and it's it's harder. You're working around the clock. You're working seven days a week. You are public facing. You're getting yelled at by every egg on Twitter. It's it's not great. And if the team is terrible and the season is awful, there's really like no upside. Like it's it, well, yeah. It's, I, I, I've been in sports media or sports adjacent like my whole career and I've been thankful that my job has always been like national and covering all sports really you know it's always been it's never been tied to one team let alone one market because when you are tied to one team and it's the Redskins and you're in Redskins media like that's just rough and I see it now because I work with we work with you know tons of teams on like retail and marketing but if your team is like I don't know like this year the Kansas City Royals like your whole year your whole job just sucks you know, like you're, they're not buying any merch. They're not selling any merch. Like it's, there's nothing exciting to market. Like, you know, you just go like years without really having like, uh, a, you know, high performance at your job, and it's not your fault. Yep, anyway, you are totally in, at the in, mercy in, of. In note on that. <laughs> yeah, on the seriously. flip side, on the flip side, I'm going to be at games three and four of the World Series tonight and tomorrow night because of my job and I just happen to be a Nats fan so I guess things are coming up Matra <laughs> I, I think that's safe to say I um, have you been to a World Series game before no never yeah I, I can't help but think that it's going to be absolutely bonkers yeah I mean I was at when they when they won the pennant I was there last week um, but I anticipate this being like a whole you know, like next, like five levels up, like the whole baseball world is focused on this. All of DC is focused on this. They're up to, Oh uh, man, it's, it's really going to be something. I'm very jealous of your getting to go to the game. Uh, and, and I, I never say that because live sports are the worst, but I'm <laughs> genuinely, I'm genuinely jealous of this one. Yeah. I'm going to walk out of there with, hopefully uh, a smile on my face, but definitely like thousands of dollars of merchandise purchased. <laughs> That's good. Are you going to purchase it all from yourself? Or are you just going to well, hang out at no, the breaking tea like table? I feel like i got to get stuff that has like the World Series logo on it. Like my team made the World Series. Like all my kids are getting World Series shit. Um, <laughs> you know? It's like, I don't know, when the Redskins went to the Super Bowl in 91, whatever, winter of 92, I remember there being like Super Bowl pop-up shops in area and, and yeah. specifically in like Tyson's corner, Virginia that I went to, I had, I had Redskins Super Bowl socks. I bought a Zubaz Super Bowl hat. 
like me and my whole family had like several Redskins Super Bowl items that were acquired at a retail location that never existed before or after that week. Right. It's like the Halloween stores and the Christmas stores. I totally forgotten yeah. about that. Yeah. That's amazing. Now, have you as a, as an organization, has Breaking Tea considered bringing back Zubaz at any point? No, but, uh, you know, good, that's a good note. <laughs> this is this week's Matt has dumb ideas about fashion uh, session. Um, yeah, no, I, I think it's time. Yeah, well, I, what, I, what I would like to bring back, and I think actually it is time, is the, the Zubaz hat that I had. It was just like a normal hat, except the bill was Zubaz. Well, that royalty-free knockoff of the Seinfeld theme song must mean that we had an audio error, which we did, actually one in a series of them. So it's just me here now wrapping things up for you on the topic of Zubaz hat brims. And my summary is this. Zubaz hat brims would be cool and should come back. I hope that Jamie brings them back. I presume there were a lot of other things we could have talked about, but between the signal cutting in and out as Jamie drives into the World Series game and all the other assorted things that get in the way of recording... Uh, just imagine, I don't know, 10 uninterrupted minutes of me complaining about Adrian Peterson, and uh, we probably could have gotten in a few happy minutes talking about the World Series. Um, I would have been forced to acknowledge that I have no idea what the Wizards have done so far this season, or even if they still exist as a professional basketball organization. Uh, then I probably would have complained about Adrian Peterson some more. Um, we might have talked about pop culture, but I don't know that either of us has actually seen anything since we last talked earlier this week. Uh, and then I would have complained about Adrian Peterson some more. So you just imagine all of that and it's like you had a full episode. Other than that, uh, everyone enjoy the World Series. Enjoy whatever it is that you're doing with your lives. Thanks for listening. Rate, review, subscribe. And you know the drill. Have a great week, everybody. <laughs>